0: You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall Editors of the Batuta Advocate On Desert Rock FM Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show Recording live here in downtown Batuta Out of the Budgie Smuggler Studios in the Old City District And we are blessed this week Once again joined (laughs) by uh, Well it's the second time we've had this guest on Isn't it Errol? Yeah Yeah a lot's changed in, in her life since since she came on last. There's a Christmas special. We are joined by Big Money Bones. Merry
1: Christmas. Murray Christmas. Murray Thank- Christmas. Indeed.
0: Thank you for joining us. You were actually on, like, you when you first came on, You there was like a hot streak where it was mostly like, we were just Aboriginal women on the Batuta Abbey podcast for about <laughs> six episodes in a row. Nakia, Louie, <laughs> we had you, we had, I don't know, we had actually, and, and all the boys as well. The Monster Briggs. And it's been a big week for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with the Dreamtime Awards coming off the back of
1: mm-hmm.
0: NADOC. How was that? Your mother went.
1: So my mum went for me. I was nominated for Media Person of the Year. She went last year for me as well and I won. And she had to get up and do this speech. (laughs) And it was so sweet. So she gets up and like I helped her write her speech. I think I was in Korea or something. And she was like, oh, she's just such a good girl. And I think she loved getting the attention and accolades so much that she was like, oh, you're nominated again. Oh, I'll go. I'll go.
0: Because
1: I couldn't make it, unfortunately. And she just loves it. She just laps up the attention. She spent like half the day getting ready, like uh, weeks planning her outfit. Leonie Boney loves an award ceremony.
0: Leonie Boney. Mm. Are you the first in your family to be involved in media? So would she be kind of... Yeah. She'd be the second person to speak at an award show in, yeah. the Boney, in the Boney family.
1: Yeah, she probably would be. I'm trying to think. I mean, you know, there's all of these, like, different sort of graduation ceremonies and things mm-hmm. like that that my cousins would have sort of been to over mm-hmm. the years. But, yeah, probably on, a like, a platform that big.
0: Star Casino.
1: Oh, she'd love it. And she's been on the Today Show a couple of times this year, actually. Yeah. She loves a bit of the limelight, my mum.
0: So, you've come from Musselbrook. Mm-hmm. originally we spoke about this last podcast and actually your career at that point you were at you were a newsreader on triple j mm-hmm. a lot's changed since then i think i guess <laughs> i guess mm. that journey from Musclebrook to triple j kind of felt quite small in terms of transition mm. to triple j to breakfast television
2: first black woman on breakfast tv
1: yeah it's been a big couple of years when was it? That would have been three years ago. I
2: think that was you turned 17. Wow. Seven,
1: yeah. Yeah. So I've been on the Today Show for two years now. This is, you know, my last week before I go on a little bit of a break. Yep. Yeah. I have some sleep-ins. Yeah. I feel like when I took the job or when they offered me the job, I knew that my life was going to change, but I didn't know How? You know, everyone sort of had heard of, like, Carl Stefanovic and um, Stefanovic, mm-hmm. if you will. Stefanovic. Yeah. Um, or Lisa Wilkinson or, mm-hmm. you know, Sylvia Jeffries. They're these huge, big household names. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really weird to go from being part of that sort of niche Triple J community mm-hmm. to... Being on this show, that so everyone cares about it. Yeah, everyone has an opinion about the Today Show. Yeah. You can walk past someone on the street and they'll tell you something like, "Oh, this is what I think of this thing that you did the other day," or "This is what I think of this host," or whatever. And it's so weird to have so many people care about what you do.
2: Well, yeah, because the Today Show, even in the past two years, has changed so much <laughs> <laughs> compared to you know the first first year that you were on there. Mm. What's been the big difference? For you like how's it been? With Carl back in the hot seat.
1: Do you know, it's so funny because at the start of the year, if you would have said to me, at you know, by the end of the year, you're just going to love this guy, I'd be like, yeah, right. You know, like we're so different yeah. in so many ways. But he is my biggest supporter. So, like, mm-hmm. all of the big editorials that I've done this year, whether it's on, you know, um, Netflix or, you know, Black Lives Matter or Death's in Custody or whatever, he's the one who always pushes me forward. And he's like, Brookie, what do you think of this? And then he'll he'll say go and write something, and then you know we'll we'll talk about it on air. And then he'll come in and you know give me a big pump up before yep. I go. On. And he's like, look down the barrel of the camera, you know. We all back you in. We're a family. Remember that. You know, whatever happens to you happens to all of us. And gives me a big pump up before I go out and say it because it, it takes a lot of courage to yep. do something like mm. that because you know. That people are gonna disagree with you. And that sometimes when people disagree with you, they can be really mean.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it turns into (laughs) a mild disagreement, turns into death threats.
1: Yeah. Uh, rather quickly, (laughs) I might add.
0: By the time you get off air.
1: People get so (laughs) enraged about stuff. Mm. I just that's one thing that this year I've just been shaking my damn head about.
0: Before that it was just (laughs) Triple J. You'd get people would tell you how shit the music was getting on Triple J. Yeah. You know, you'd get like a guy who's approaching 40 who'd say triple j's gone to shit and that's oh, the only opinion you
1: the hosts are as good as they used to be bring back adam and will yeah,
0: bring back miff <laughs> you'd, you'd get a little bit of that but nowadays you've got social issues that people are coming <laughs> yeah. to you with and yeah. uh the opinions are probably a bit more raw and a bit more uh mm. yeah unapologetic
2: and an older audience too i'd say yeah,
1: yeah the audience does skew older and i think as well like it's broadcast right so you're talking to like a whole spectrum of people with like different beliefs Mm -hmm. and so to like you know to bring people on this journey with you or to have conversations about things you know to do with the way that we think of ourselves as a country Mm -hmm. is so much more difficult when you're talking to a lot like a big big audience with you know broad church yep as Tony Abbott would say,
0: not an echo chamber. Not
1: an echo chamber. Because yeah. Triple J, a
0: little bit. We, you
1: know, <laughs> we're talking to people who are part of our community, yeah. who think like us, who yeah, is, yeah. you know yeah. speak like us, have the yep. same interests, and so it's not as difficult as yep. you know convincing Beryl from I don't know Gosford or, yep. or uh, wherever yep. that.
2: Yeah. Or Delilah from Mullumbimby.
1: Delilah from Mullumbimby, bless or, her.
2: Or Tony from Turak.
0: Yep.
1: Tony from Turak. Yeah. We've
0: got them all.
1: Actually, do you know one of? <laughs> I remember when I was on Triple J and one of the trolls, so that happened a couple of times, but this one guy, and he was like, she doesn't sound like she's from Musselbrook. She sounds like she's from Turak or Point Piper. Yeah, is, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's Have what's... I told you
1: about that before? No, I haven't yeah.
0: heard that one. That's media training, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it taught is... me how to talk on air.
1: And it's slander. <laughs> Say that again and you'll be stupid defamation. Yeah. You'll be hearing from my lawyer's
0: son. <laughs> What's that song? Uh, who's it by? Is it Black Eyed Peas? Mm-hmm. Glamorous?
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to say Where Is The Love.
0: Where Is The Love? Also, also a great one. Yeah. So that you're kind of living two Black Eyed Peas songs in the sense. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there is like, you know, had you been on a uh, business class seat prior to the Today Show?
1: I had not actually. Yeah. Mm. No.
0: So you're experiencing the finer things as well with a career in media, not. Have, yeah. have you
2: still got a hex debt after working on the Today Show?
1: I didn't have a hex debt before I started at Triple uh, J.
2: So you went to uni in the 70s? I so. went to
1: uni in the 70s. As you know, black don't crack. I yeah. yeah. use olive oil on my skin like Jennifer Lopez. No, I, I paid it off.
2: Yeah. Perfect. You got her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You simply yeah.
1: must. <laughs> <laughs> what about that feeling, though, when you do get like the zero balance, and you are like, <gasps> "I'm free." Yeah, it's a good mm. feeling.
0: Well, look, you know, in our era of get. journalism, it was cadetships. <laughs> mm. We got paid to study journalism in in free beer, open bars. Russians, yep. you say? But you were one of the first kind of to come through as a pr- journalism had been professionalized. <sighs> yeah. Have you found that? And, you, and obviously, sitting, t- take us back there. We might have spoken about this a little bit last podcast, but when you were sitting and looking across that room at UTS?
1: At UTS. UTS. So the UAI to get in is really high yep. to their journalism course because it's mm-hmm. really popular because they have like yeah. a really good relationship with the broadcasters and so yep. they get good yep. internships and cadetship access and stuff. And so the UAI to get in is like ridiculously high. I think it was like 97 or 98 or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a lot of the people who were in the course that I was in, I think it was communications, majoring in journalism. They were from, like, the really wealthy private schools in Sydney because they're the ones who, yeah, yeah. tutoring, like, yeah. really targeted courses, you know, focused on what they wanted and to get. And those
2: migrant schools, even if you are, like, a mediocre person, it drags you up.
1: It drags you up. Yeah. But it's amazing because even though it drags you up, the number of people who sat there in that class and said, I want to be a host on Getaway. <laughs> it's like, yeah, your parents might be educated, but they still didn't teach you to choose a good job, did yeah. they? Yeah.
0: And migrant kids that are getting those kind of scores aren't fucking around with journalism.
1: Um, no, they're going to get some of that cash money. They're not yeah. messing around trying to get a cadetship at the ABC. Law
2: yeah. medicine baby. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be a barrister anethetist.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do a double Just degree. Cash yeah. checks.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah.
0: barrister. Well, did you flag that? I mean, obviously the media landscape's changed a lot even since you began your career. Mm. Did you flag that at uni? You're like, not a varying uh, kind of degree of uh, experiences in this room.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, in those conversations around like Kant and Foucault and stuff, Mm. you know, you're always like coming up with like interesting things to talk about and to things to say. But it wasn't as much of a conversation then as it is now. Yeah. And I think that we didn't really have like names for things or like labels for stuff like we do now. Like if you walked into that class, you'd be like, oh, there's no diversity. You guys need to work harder to get people from these communities in. But even like in media in the last 10 years, it's changed mm. so much. Yep. Like for, for people to be responding to reports around like lack of diversity or whatever with, you know, you know, talking about, no, actually this is the programming that we've got. These are the hosts that we've got. And like actually, you know, pushing to, to be better and do better mm. is a world away from- you From know,
0: what you experienced going through.
1: At, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. I remember I had this one lady say to me, There was me and this other girl who was Aboriginal as well. She was, like, single mother of three kids, put herself through uni, ended up getting an ABC cadetship as well. She's a black girl. And she said to her something like, no one's ever going to employ you. You've got three little kids. She's won, like, three Walkleys now. Yeah, right. And she would say stuff to me like, you know, nobody expects very much from you because you're Aboriginal, so you don't have to try that hard. Mm. Um, to wow them. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be wowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to think you're from Point Piper mm. or Tura. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: with, with those rounded vowels as well <laughs> yeah. as, uh, you know, the yeah. work ethic of a of – a, you, well, you came through Koori Radio as well, speaking of lack of diversity in the newsroom. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's just about the same as the ABC, I think, except the other way around. And there's a, there's a lot of uh, careers get launched there.
1: Oh, so many. A
0: lot of people working quite hard to cut their teeth.
1: But also, like, you're reporting to an audience that actually holds you accountable, which I think is important because sometimes, like, I think journalists get a bit detached from their communities or, like, they sort of think about the story more than they think about the impact of stuff and you have to be able to sort of like weigh up both you know journalism doesn't exist in a vacuum where you Mm -hmm. just say whatever or do whatever and expect there not to be any consequences or impact on the community that you're reporting on like it's really really important and there, someone will ring you while you're on air and be like, "That was wrong," or like, "You need to do better on this," or "Can you play?"
0: Well, blow um, it out your ass. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. Can you play Anthem by um, yeah. the Titters? Yeah, yeah. 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 Like that sort of. It's amazing. It's a great place to cut my teeth.
0: And speaking of Corey Radio and just uh, you know Aboriginal radio in general, it's a very sad day. Yesterday, Charlie Pride, mm. the late. Uh, singer died 86 years old. American country music singer died 86 years old of coronavirus. And can you just for, for our listeners who might not be aware, we covered it in the Batuda Radio, diligently. But Charlie Pride, through through you know radio stations like Queer Radio, Murray Radio, Boomerang Radio, he is an icon. He's community.
1: an absolute icon, but I think it's because he looks like a black fella. Like yeah. he looks like he could be Kuri or Murray, yeah. and everyone grew up listening to him. Like you know, that would be your Friday nights or your Saturday mornings or long car trips. Or mm. like for me, it's my grandparents that used to listen to Charlie Pride. My nan loved him, and I think she loved him because he looks a lot like my grandfather. Yeah, right. like a lot. <laughs> like my grandfather so everyone's like oh yeah Charlie Pride's my uncle or like Charlie Pride's my dad I think I saw a meme <laughs> once that was like every Aboriginal child born in the 70s and 80s um, who doesn't know who their dad is says that their dad is Charlie Pride
0: because <laughs> 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 there was photos of him in Briggs that up last night in tribute saying there was a photo of Uncle Charlie on the fridge (laughs) for the first 10 years of my life. I thought he was an uncle that (laughs) wasn't in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll find out about uh, Giuliani yet. Giuliani's got to be in worse nick than Uncle Charlie Pride was, that's for sure.
1: I forgot about that. How is he going? Do you know? Uh,
0: We don't know. They they don't give us any reports. He's probably getting the same super injection.
1: Dexamethasone. Yeah.
0: Mm, And cash.
1: I can't (laughs) wait for that euphoria. Imagine what he's going to be like on it. We need Claudia yeah. Conway to tell us what's really going on.
0: Yeah, so can you tell us that you've got the wire, right, as a, as a proper journalist in, in the big smoke. Trump got the euphoria from that injection.
1: From the dexamethasone, mm. yeah.
0: And that was making him. I mean, obviously, we couldn't really tell in the dying days of that campaign. It could have been the euphoria, it could have just been him.
1: No, so but apparently, it's a, it's a real thing. So, yeah. the, um, I don't know about the dancing, but all of the, the idea that he was going to wear a Superman shirt underneath his suit and then reveal it when he got to the White House, the taking the mask off, just the, the crazy tweets about, um, you know, I'm the strongest man that's ever lived, that sort of stuff. <laughs> like- Um, You know, it could be true. We don't know that it's not true. Um, (laughs) But also there's like euphoria or like like delusions that come with that drug. One of my friends is a doctor and he was like, this is classic like behaviour when people (laughs) take these sorts of drugs. (laughs) And this man has the keys to like... The button. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. But he's got the nuclear worried. football.
0: Yeah. He's got the football with him. But yeah. that—I that, just imagine if that had happened, where he had worn a Superman shirt underneath his. Suit I wish
1: it did. I just wish it did. Busted all of his buttons. I wish he had that around. as an image. You know.
2: Yeah, you, you, you could go back like hundreds of years and say, at this point, <laughs> the, this, this is what guy. happened back then. <laughs> this
1: guy was yeah. running the world.
2: Yeah. And that ruined a Marvel franchise. <laughs> <laughs> <I reckon>. <laughs> 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 the. Events of this year are just going to be, like, a subject at university for years and years and years, I reckon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing, like, you know when you see everyone now and everyone just looks tired Mm -hmm. and, like, just worn down and, like, everyone's just been kicked in the guts. Yeah. And I think it's because we've had all of these huge discussions, like, really big, like, philosophical, like, conversations about nationhood and who yeah. we are as a people and society, we normally only have one of them every couple of years, you yeah. know, when, like, Israel Folau wants to talk about gay people yeah. or, like, Christianity. Yeah. And then we're like, hang in a minute. Are and we, we were going all fatigued
0: to- after the plebiscite. We were, you know, was like, all, we were Stop tired. Talking Stop
1: talking about it. It's mean. Yeah. Don't yeah. be mean to people who are already disadvantaged or, you know, vulnerable. And then this year we've had just like one after the other. Like, mm. how do we treat old people? How do we treat people who are sick? How yeah. do we think public of-
0: housing towers in Melbourne? Remember exactly. that that was a
2: week of Pauline yeah. saying that they well. deserved it. Yeah. Jesus Christ! At the start, it's like, well, how much are these old people actually worth to us? In there the was st- this was there was like
1: savagery, in like, in like the absolute, of like Lord of the Flies behavior. Yeah. And then we had the deaths in custody stuff. And that was really tough, obviously, for all of us as well, you know. Seeing all of those pictures from the US, it looked like a movie. And one of the images that's just – I didn't see it, but from your description of it, you were saying that you heard – about this story, this old guy in a wheelchair with like, you know, he's half his leg missing and he's like a, a returned vet or something. And someone starts playing the Requiem for a, Madri- for a Dream soundtrack and yeah. there's like bombshells going off yeah. and like fire around. Through, it sounds like a friggin' movie. It sounds like a movie Soho's, I wouldn't yeah. even like, watch because it'd be scary.
0: Busting into teen, uh, Tiffany's, just stealing all the jewelry in there. No one's really followed up on that either. I reckon there's some real red hot bootleg kind of merch getting around New York even... City right now. <laughs> Imagine,
1: like everyone, you know, after Christmas, how you have all of your new clothes and like new shoes and stuff, yeah. and everyone walks around looking real flash. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's
1: what it would be like yeah. looking around these neighborhoods.
0: Certain, yeah. certain parcels of certain boroughs <laughs> in New York City, there'd be um, a couple bodegas selling some pretty sick Gucci sunglasses. <laughs> Um, so, can you tell tell us a little bit about that? You obviously on deck for all of that, mm. even in COVID, even in a lockdown. Mm. You've got to ride every wave from the top and read through everything. Whereas, you know, everyone else is just uh, either in a newsroom like ours, just churning away, or you're at home ingesting this. Mm. But you're so. You
1: guys are just cogs.
0: We're just cogs. We're just small yeah. town journalists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas you, obviously, you've got to get up prepared to get on air and talk about. Oh guess what Black Lives Matters is now a household term in Australia and there's one black woman one black person on breakfast television on the commercial networks in Australia Brooke you're up
1: Yeah it's a big <laughs> responsibility because obviously you don't want to have to carry the burden of being the one who responds to these things mm-hmm. all the time and you don't want to say something that's you know maybe if you had a few more hours to think a few more hours to think about it you, you know might have crafted like something more eloquent or mm-hmm. more thoughtful but also like it's pretty incredible that we have someone who can be a part of these conversations who has a perspective that's different from what we would have heard otherwise and so you sort of just have to like weigh it up and then think about what you're going to say but I think, like, I've done so much reporting on this stuff in the past that I had, I've thought about it so much, you know, I've cried so much over it in the past. I've, mm. you know, met the family. It's like when I was at ABC before I started at Triple J, I broke that story about David Dungay, mm. about him dying in, um, in prison. And so I, I knew it sort of inside and out. I hadn't been following the The inquest or anything like that, but I I knew what the details were and and the circumstances in which he died, and seen the footage and that sort of stuff. So, you know, it was—it's heartbreaking. It was really, really heartbreaking because for the first time ever, we're paying attention to these really, really big issues for us as Aboriginal people. But you know, it's like off the back of something that's like not really. I don't know, it doesn't really belong to us, like the yeah. Black Lives Matter stuff. You know, there's it was like an imported movement. Yeah. And then also like to think, oh, great, like everyone's paying attention to these issues now and this is great, but then also having this like fear that it's going to just like go away and everyone's going to forget about it and no one's going to care in a couple of months' time. And worse than that, that people are going to think that they're more woke than what they are. Mm-hmm. Like I had people saying stuff to me like, Brooke, you should really read, like, Dark Emu. It's, like, (laughs) really amazing. And I'm like, yeah, great. You should really just go and block yourself because – just go and uppercut yourself, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, like that sort of stuff where people think that they sort of know – They went till
0: march so they're now – Yes. They've they've cleared those debts. Yeah. In terms of thinking about that ever again.
1: Yeah. 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 But I think that we – I don't know. Like, I think that we have gone a lot further in the conversation and in – like the whole sort of sentiment around that stuff I think has changed and I don't think it'll go back. Yeah. Because I think once your eyes are open to that sort of brutality and you hear people say this is a great country for some people and not so much for others, it's hard to go back to how it was before.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And 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 to think that 2016 the Trump election it was just I guess completely acceptable for media pundits to say that Black Lives Matters was a rad- radical extremist organization. And this time around, it's, no, no, that's a mainstream movement. Mm. And it's a mainstream movement that's in Australia as well. Mm. But yeah, it, 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 must be, it must be tricky for you coming from a rural Aboriginal community and now living in a big city where you're surrounded by a lot of people in the inner city particularly, Mm. who aren't Aboriginal people but think they know more about your mob than, you know, everyone back home in the bush.
1: Yeah. Do you know that's been, like – it's really weird. Because, like, my family, we didn't have, like, a lot of culture when we were growing up. Obviously, Nan and Pop were pretty terrified about practising culture and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of East Coast mob are like that and, like, Eastern State um, Aboriginal people. But the thing that I just get really frustrated by is that when – people meet you, they think that because you can overcome the challenges that come with that, like, you know, different sorts of poverty or disadvantage or whatever, that then you are just the same as them. And that's something that's been really frustrating this year because most Aboriginal people that you meet, and I'm not going to speak on behalf of everyone, but have these really difficult experiences. You know, all of these really awful traumas that they just carry around with them and they overcome them and they sort of are very resilient. Um, in their day-to-day life so that they can you know do all of the things that we need to do to keep surviving but because they do that then people are like oh but you're not like the other black families because yeah. you're not wallowing in you know disadvantage or misery yeah. or sadness so because you can overcome that you're obviously you know you're not di- you're different yeah. blah blah, blah. You know, if you meet Aboriginal people, know that they probably have some sort of trauma. Yeah, like, yeah. statistically, yeah. like that's just how it is because yeah. that's the way that people's lives are. And if they can overcome that and you get to meet them and are side-by-side side with them and they're in your workplace or they're in your school or whatever, know that they've had to overcome that yeah. to get there.
0: Not the Cosby family.
1: It's not the frigging Cosby family. <laughs> yeah. No. Wait, are we allowed to talk about Cosby? Is he Yeah, yeah no, no, it's not the Peep
0: <laughs> family. You yeah. know? It's not that... uh you know, the—I mean, of sure the black middle class does exist in Australia, but it—you know—it's—it's it's it does, but
1: it comes at a cost, yeah. and that cost is like overcoming trauma and putting your pain to the side to push the whole agenda forward. I think I don't want to speak on behalf of everyone. <laughs> it's so hard. Please don't cancel. No, leave me, that everyone. to us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, can you uh, tell us about some of those big moments, some of those big milestones on Brecky TV?
1: Oh. I feel like I've had such a big year at work. Mm-hmm. Well, I interviewed. Do you mean like light and fluffy ones or big serious Anything. ones? Just, just, we're, you
0: know, okay, do we're, you want me to we're tell you? we not an Ultimo anymore, Brookie.
1: All right, <laughs> let me tell you about. I'll pick like three favorite moments. One was that moment that I was telling you about earlier when we were talking about uh, police brutality, yep. and when that that policeman threw that young guy on the ground, and it was being videoed, and it was yeah. like a week after the George Floyd tapes yeah. were seen by everyone. And yeah, I was like, you know, this is what I think, blah, 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 blah. And Carl and Ali were like, say it on air. And I'd never had the freedom to express myself and my views like that before mm-hmm. and had my experience or my knowledge, you know, endorsed, b- endorsed like mm-hmm. that. So I really felt like they backed me in and I really felt like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. This is the audience that I want to speak to. These are the things that I want to say. I have the support of my co-hosts. No one's like trying to stitch me up or make me look stupid or something. Yeah. And so that was a real highlight for me. Another one would have been, okay, so recently, Matthew McConaughey.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> <yeah>, that's <laughs> got to be a highlight, right? He's
1: so hot. So I, <laughs> yeah. last year he came to Australia for I think like Wild Turkey or something, have like some sort yeah. of partnership with him. Yeah, yeah. And – He was doing this thing with, like, Unyoked, those, like, those little, like, cubicle. They're like dongers. They're fancy dongers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, like glamping (laughs) Yeah, They're
1: like glamping things. Like that, yeah. Yeah. So I went and interviewed him and I was like, we have, like, a real, like, I feel like we could be friends. Like, I feel like we could hang out and have a great time. And then I was like, oh, maybe he's just like that. Maybe he's just very charismatic.
0: Or maybe he's just the hottest guy you've met
1: in world. Maybe he's just the hottest guy <laughs> in the world. And I'm falling for him like everyone else who meets him. Then recently I interviewed him again. As soon as I turned on my Zoom, he goes, oh, well, if it isn't the young lady who loves Bob Dylan, what's that song you love again? And I was like, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God, he remembered me. It's been a year and he remembered. Um, so that was a real hard
0: <laughs> you got to imagine how many people he's met since then
1: i know yeah i've thought about it a lot mate mate i've thought about it so much
0: yeah he's a proper celebrity then isn't he
1: yeah he's Yeah, yeah he's
0: been in movies yeah, no, but he's a proper. Or like that's, I think that's, that's, that that's part of the job description. You're, what to... you're
1: neglecting here is that we have a very special connection. <laughs> yeah. and we're probably going to be yeah, yeah. best friends yeah, yeah, at yeah, some no. stage. No. We're sitting around playing bongos, having he, the best time of our he life. He could
0: be a professional, or he could be in love with you, Brooke. So
1: well, or. you know, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what else? Oh, gosh, I'm getting all flustered after talking about Matthew McConaughey. <sighs> <sighs> I think that. Seeing all of the news, like you were saying before, for the first time in the morning after it was happening in the US was a real privilege and mm. getting to see how agile and how difficult, um, like how agile the news team is but how difficult it is to pull together coverage that's accurate and fair and that sort of stuff. At that time in the morning, mm. that quickly, like seeing Kyle and Ali do it, it was like a real masterclass. Right.
0: Just to see them navigate around – quite a tricky news cycle without screaming Antifa, like uh, Donald Trump did. <laughs> yeah. Just blame it on radical yeah. Yeah, protesters.
1: But then, I don't know, because we started in the bushfire season as well. Mm. Like That was like our first broadcasting day. So that was pretty crazy as well. I mean, it's been a f- insane, year, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, it has been. And uh, we cover a lot of that in our book, Australia 2020, available at Ogle books good
2: bookstores. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although, because we had to get it, Printed in time for Christmas. We had to press print in July. Yeah. So, um, mm. still There's a lot of assumptions no made through the year. We missed, we missed the whole second wave in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're we just lucky that n- nothing happened this financial year in Australia. Yeah,
1: nothing. I can't think of a single, a single thing.
2: Yeah. No, no massive know,
1: elections. No. I was so scared when the election was happening about, like, what was going to happen. Mm. I was like, oh, no, people are going to get into fights in the line. Mm. This is going to be crazy. And then, like, nothing really happened.
0: It was fever pitch because, I mean, Trump was saying in those debates, I want all my supporters keeping an eye on the electoral yeah. staff, which is really <laughs> d- eroding
2: public <laughs> trust in the in democracy. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and, like, summoning the Proud Boys.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <But> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Stand back. Stand by. So, yeah. <laughs> stand.
1: Stand around. Stand just, n- nearby. Stand. Uh, stand off. Stand in.
2: Just go and stand, stand, stand over. over there. <laughs> stand <laughs> near the ballot.
1: Did you see the video of the Proud Boys? Because you know they're like. We're not the other Proud Boys, because like the hashtag got taken over yeah. by, um, you know, all of the gay, gay community. Gay pride. Yeah, yeah, gay pride community. And then the Proud Boys are obviously protesting this week because Trump told them to, or you know, has sort of put pressure on them or two or whatever. I don't know. Um, anyway, they're out on the streets in Washington. It's like, a few people got stabbed yeah. but they were like we're not gay <laughs> and to show people that they <laughs> they were wearing like matching tartan skirts and then they lifted their skirts up I and showed people yeah, yeah, their yeah. bums and on their bums they had writing yeah but i was like that's not
2: and it was very neat too so that means that one of them has <laughs> had to get the sharpie out and touch all, all of, of their butts all of their bums yeah, yeah. He's not doing that with one hand. No, no. it's a two-hand that's job. It's a two-hand get, job,
1: and also yeah. your face is at bum height. Yeah, yeah. Which is like also other levels. Sounds- like, <laughs> other things at Dude, that level. this
2: is such a funny prank. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone is gonna
1: love this. Oh <laughs> my god, people are gonna go crazy. Yeah, I mean, and the proud boys will. This will show them.
0: They started as like a as a subculture that was aimed to show pride in Western culture or mm. something yeah. like that, and now they've kind of well, been I- they're, they're, they're they're concentrating to the point where they're now wearing
2: tartan kilts and. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think that, like, they've got, like, an oath that you had to take before you entered and there's, like, all this different criteria that you had to satisfy. Mm. There's this part in the oath where it's, like, I am a proud Western chauvinist. Mm-hmm. I will not apologize for building the modern world. <laughs> <laughs> just, like... Say Sorry! America's
1: Apologize! only
0: 250 years yeah, old. Yeah. You know? And you saw a photo of the pyramids and you just thought it was
2: built by aliens. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and also, like, the best costume idea you could come up with was a skirt.
2: Yeah. A really expensive polo shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, there was still you know, it was a like, sport that you can't
1: uh, afford to play.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they don't really represent the average Trump voter. There was still 70 million. 71 million Trump voters this time around but but Biden with the mail-ins did tear ahead by about 7-8 million yeah
2: because he told them all to vote by mail because it was safe yeah and, and then he's like Whoa. you won't get coronavirus <laughs> why are there so many mail-ins for Biden yeah yeah <laughs> God
0: damn it. Because you told all your supporters to go out there and film everyone on the (laughs) day. You cough on each other. That that doesn't seem like much. Cough
1: in my
0: mouth. 78 to to 70 doesn't seem like much, but that is, 8 million is still bigger than any Australian state Mm. in population, isn't it? Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. How many people?
1: Maybe New South Wales.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's pretty wild that there are that many people who voted for Trump who said that they didn't. Yeah. I think that, You know, I was thinking a lot about this, like during that period, I think when you have progress Mm. or change that happens too quickly, quite often you see a swing back in the opposite direction. It's like an equal and opposite reaction. And so I think like after Obama and after all of this hope and after, you know, whatever, like if you don't bring people with you on a journey and it's, and it, it just changes. The pace of it is like a snail. Mm-hmm. But if it's not like that, and it is too quick, and things come, you know, at a you know, when people aren't expecting it or can't digest all of the info, then you get a you get a swing back. And mm-hmm. I think that that's what the problem is. There is that people felt. Disenfranchised, They mm. felt like their livelihood was under threat. Like th- they didn't have time. And I'm not making apologies for them. I'm just trying to understand their, yeah. their way of thinking. I think they didn't have time to realize that like they weren't giving anything up to give others rights. Yeah. And, you know, when you've been thinking a certain way for your entire life and your life is hard mm. and someone's going to take that away from you. Like I can understand why people get themselves into a bit of a tizzy
2: and yeah. Trump Trump appeals to him and gets gets him excited, yeah, mm-hmm. it rolls
1: him right up.
2: It makes them feel a bit safe because you know, like, yeah. they'd be terrified
1: mm.
0: which which is interesting. I wonder if that's going to be the case with ScoMo because he he can' offer that to, you know, disillusioned voters. He can offer that warm hug. But at the end of the day, he's still the third prime minister from the same party who's just quite dysfunctional. Like I mean, I mean, three leaders in in two two elections is kind of is kind of messy. And I wonder if he is the chosen one to kind of, will his Prime Ministership last longer than the last two put together
2: and he'll be the one they remember out of this era of Liberal? Well, they've changed the rules now, so you can't... <laughs> can't just spill <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Some Classic. So, yeah. so in order for there to be a spill now in both parties, you've got to get... Well, I know in the, the Labor Party, you've got to have like a full vote from the Labor Caucus, which is a lot of people. But in the Liberal Party, you've got to get like three quarters of the party room, so... Basically, for there to be another lib spill, Scott would, you know, have to, you know, be caught in a close personal relationship with the member for Wagga, Michael McCormack. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's got, yeah. he's got, but he's got Christians too. So the, like, if the Christians all back him, then that, like, they won't be able to get three quarters. You know what I mean?
1: Do you know what's wild? I always think about how um, when they do those like broad polls and they're like, what do people think about the environment? What do people think about this social thing? What do people think about, you know, hospitals, whatever. And they're always so much more progressive than the people that they vote in. Yeah. I'm always so surprised by that. And Mm. so then you've got these leaders or representatives who seem like so far, well, their views are so different Mm. from the electorate. You're like, how did, what? What's going on?
0: You just got to find, I guess, I guess it's finding the one policy that that appeals the most to the voter. Mm. I think this year it may have been a certain tax loophole that yeah. <laughs> allows
2: a certain generation to hoard or, wealth. Or, <laughs> yeah, or moving forward into the future, I think this country's gotten a bit used to having a very radical concept known as universal basic income where mm. the government just pays you a little bit of money. But I reckon if you took that to an election, they'd be like, who's going to pay for this? I think that Anthony Albanese will pay for this by, you know, taking your gold teeth out of your grandmother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's
0: like, well, who paid for it during that that <laughs> massive <laughs> pandemic where no one could work? Mm. It's like, we do, I guess. Yeah. It's
1: pretty wild that one, what was that, like one quarter of a recession? When yeah. everyone yeah. else around and the world... it was world, a it slight was, one. It's like a little baby one. A little it was
2: just like having a head cold after you've had, mm. you know four glasses of wine at the pub after work. You yeah, know.
1: you don't have COVID. You've just no. got a bit of a sniffle. Yeah. That's us. <laughs> we just we like country, that's you scary. just feel we a all bit flat.
2: that scare early days, didn't we?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have it. <laughs> Every single time
1: I had a sore throat. Or if I sneezed, I was like, I've, It's I've got, got the me. She's got me, Ma.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Please, Lord, I'm only 47.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, in, um, <laughs> I'm sure Take I'm my saying. child instead. <laughs> <sense. laughs> a lot of people still saying that nowadays, like, Brendan from Coffs Harbour goes, yeah. I reckon I had it back in March. Hey, I had this really bad flu. It's like, where'd you go? Oh, just nowhere. But I think there was someone from Sydney who came through town, and there's like everyone had this cough. It's like, no, no. mate, we'd know if it was there. Everyone got tested around that time when you had a at a flu.
1: You know, when I was in Korea last year, mm. I tried to go up to the border. So, you know, you could see over you go to the DMT yeah. or whatever they call it. Is that what it is? Demilitarizing. DMZ. DMZ. <laughs> DMZ.
2: DMZ. Go and do some DMT. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, there's Kim over oh, there. Kim. Come over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I tried to get close to the DMZ and they were like, No, 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 everyone stay away. There's a weird African swine flu getting around up there. So we're only gonna let you like this far up because yeah. everyone's got it. Yes, and I reckon it was.
0: You reckon it was already there?
1: Yeah, well, it was already there then. Like, Mm. that's when they'd recorded their first cases, like, a couple of weeks before. Because it is
0: COVID-19. The 19 stands for 2019. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And so, it was already all through there. And I was in Seoul. No one was, you know, everyone was hugging and getting sweaty and doing whatever they wanted. And so, I actually think that maybe I have already have it. Okay, maybe you're the same as all. Maybe me and Brendan. (laughs)
0: Yeah, from from Coughs. coughs. Yeah, you've all. Yeah, okay. You could have had it. A couple of people have felt the same way that were coming out of China around that time. Uh, Liz Cambridge, she said she was diagnosed with an upper respiratory virus.
1: I was so sick, but I thought it was because of the fires because yep. all of the bush smi- the bushfire smoke was around there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, damn, this is really giving my lungs a good tickle. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I can't smell shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yep. This hamburger tastes like coins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, no, you
0: could have had it. Look, you could have had it. We didn't have too much community transition in the, in the greater Diamantina Shire. But there were a few funny cases. I mean, a couple of cases got out in Broken Hill, remember? Just for all the old cruise ship passengers who go back home. Oh, you mean the- after yeah. the Ruby Princess? Ruby Princess yeah. and a couple of old codgers Which were just- Which didn't really happen. Well, yeah. Is that the new theory? Ruby yeah. Princess was a false flag. Yeah, it is a false yeah, flag. Yeah,
1: it's not even a real boat. That's what I heard. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would argue that-
1: No, I don't even know what you guys are referring to. I was just jumping on board with the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: don't, please don't misquote her news.com. Yeah. yeah. But the Ruby Princess, the fact that the Ruby Princess did happen before anyone knew too much about social distancing and New South Wales still didn't end up with a Melbourne-style lockdown is it commendable.
1: So, isn't it because the contact tracing in Victoria, they were doing it by like pen and paper, and like phoning people and being like, <laughs> okay, write down this phone number? Yeah, so John was hanging out with Susie. Yeah. Her phone number is 0422. Wait, is that a two or an eight?
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Isn't
1: that why?
0: Well, I mean, there, there are a lot of factors that I'm sure they will continue to look over in the years to come and they try and point yeah. the fingers to who's responsible for this recession.
1: I love yeah. it. I love the way that. You can just get someone to be like, no, but who were you really hanging around with and like getting yeah. all the info out of yeah. them? I sort of wish that was my job. Like, I wish you could do a thing where you just do a job swap for a few weeks. But, you know, you you know how to do it. You're at the right skill level. Yeah. You're not going in there and having to learn a bunch of new skills or whatever. Like, I'm yeah. not going to go and be a surgeon. All I <laughs> want to do is just do go that. and contact trace.
0: If you are on that job, Brooke, what you need to do is go to a labor hire company and then just wait for a text message and you'll get hired the day before.
1: And funnily enough, that's also how you get the security jobs at yeah. the hotels. <laughs> you create yeah. a
0: second wave in a, yeah. in a matter of weeks.
1: Yeah. I love how they're calling them hot hotels as well. I'm like, this is the problem. Don't call them hot. Yeah, well. The, call the, them something else. The, you don't the the want any. The stories that were getting
0: around of the, yeah. the leg out the door and the, the infected guest in the, in the gown
1: mm.
0: and the guy putting it all on the line, obviously fucking entire city in the process,
2: was pretty hot, I guess you could say. Mm. No comment.
1: No at all. comment. Brooke. No. No comment. Well,
2: you can't let the truth get in the way of a good story, Clancy. Well, look, we didn't really
0: play into those uh, Sky News stereotypes, but they are getting around. And, uh, yeah, to think that it was adultery that caused that second wave is hilarious. But it's been a wild year, either oil And delivering us the news, as usual, and we will continue to do so moving forward, was Brooke Boney from The Today Show. So mm. thank you for your hard work this year, Brooke.
1: Um, no, thank you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Did you win Thanks the dream
1: time? Did you win I the dream didn't win, t- but did. the girl who won is Rachel Hocking. Yep. And she's done some incredible reporting this year. And so I said to mom, I texted her and I was like, I'm really nervous. Like, let me know how, you know, when my award comes up. And she's like, yeah, I will. And then I was like, I act like as much as I want to win. I really hope that Rachel wins because yep. she's done just so much hard work this year and yep. she's an absolute legend. She's real like community-based person mm-hmm. like she you know she's out there fighting the good fight and also like I don't know it's great to be on the Today Show and I'm so happy that they you know gave me that recognition last year because I had a really big and you know it was pretty difficult at some times last year mm-hmm. you know it's what my job is like about representation yep. and about visibility when you've got people out there actually like breaking stories about our community and doing all of the grunt work, like you know, I want them to get some recognition yeah. too.
0: And you're heading towards logie territory anyway, so we'll. Uh,
1: you reckon? You back yeah. me in? Well,
0: commercial network, you're you're on a high-rating breakfast television show. That might be the next. That might be the next speech you give. That might be the next one to send your mum on stage. Send my mum too. Yeah, only bony on stage at yeah. the logies, 2021.
1: Yep. Oh, I'm here for it. She'll be there for it too. She'll love it.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, guys.